Well, it's always a, a privilege uh, to get together. I have looked forward to this uh, all week to where that we have uh, an opportunity to gather to celebrate Jesus for who he is and, and what he's done for us. And I want to take a few moments uh, tonight and I want to start out in Luke chapter 2 and we're going to read some scripture and we're going to read the Christmas story. And I pray that God's word would speak to you in a very real and personal way today. Uh, one of the things that we talk about and I preach about a lot is that God's word is active. God's word is alive and God wants to speak directly into our hearts and our lives. And no matter how many times that we read something or hear something, if we're willing and we're open and we allow the Holy Spirit and we allow the Lord to work and speak into our hearts and lives, we can learn something each and every time. Be reminded of great, wonderful truths. It's important to be reminded of those things as we go throughout the week and as we live life because our heart and our desire is always to bring honor and glory to God. So I wanna read from Luke chapter two, and I just want you to think about that particular night. And one of the things that we've been talking about over the last several weeks is God's faithfulness and God's goodness and God's ability to keep his word. God is a mighty God. He is able, he is powerful to do all things. And we've been looking at Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, and how the scripture says, for to us, a child is born, for, uh, for to us, a son is given. And he goes on to talk about the names of how he would be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting God, God, and the Prince of Peace. And so as we dive into that tonight, as we think about the birth of Jesus and we think about the manger, we think about the baby, I want us to remember that this baby is King. This baby is Lord. This baby is a mighty God, a mighty warrior who goes before. He is the Prince of Peace and he is the one who is in control. And so I pray that you be encouraged about that tonight. And it says in scripture in, in, in Luke chapter two, verse one, it said at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinus was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns toward the register for this census. And because Je Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. This is David's ancient home. And he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. And he took with him Mary to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in snugly strips of cloth or swallowing clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room or no lodging available for them. And that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that the good news is still the good news. I'm thankful that the king that came that was going to be able to redeem is able to redeem and restore and forgive and make us right with a holy God. This is good news. It's still good news for us all today. And the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And he said, you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snugly 
in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried, the scripture says, to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all of these things in her heart and thought about them often. And then the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it was just as the angel had told them. I don't know about you, but no matter how many times I read it, it never gets old. It always has value. It always has worth. It always reminds us of some important truths that we need to hold on to and that we need to stand upon and that we need to live out day in and day out. And when I look at this particular passage of scripture and I think about all the prophecies that were foretelling this event and when it would occur and all the people that waited before and the thing about the Messiah is that this baby Jesus, he was born to die so that we could live. That's the ultimate truth about this message. It's the ultimate truth about the gospel is that God sent his son. We read in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This baby, this king, this child, this Messiah, this savior was born, born of a virgin to die so that ultimately we could live, so that our sin could be forgiven, so that our shame could be defeated and that we could be right with God. I love what it says in verse seven. It says, she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him in swallowing or snugly strips of cloth and laid him in the manger. And when you read this particular passage of scripture, I believe there's some significance of this because I want to show you a couple of pictures of some fields. This field is the field of Boaz. And this is there in Bethlehem. It's, 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 it's right outside, close to where that Jesus was born. And what's significant about these fields is that these were where the Levitical shepherds would tend sheep. Now, if you don't know anything about the Levitical shepherds, their responsibility was to look at the sheep and care for the sheep. And they were to look for lambs that were born without blemish. They were to look for those that were spotless because those lambs were going to be used for slaughter, used for sacrifice, right? They would be given to the high priest and the high priest would take a lamb and he would slay it for the sins and it would atone. It was on the day of atonement. And what's significant about this is that this is right closely to where that Jesus was born. And we find this baby who's wrapped in swaddling clothes. And you know what the scripture says concerning Jesus? Jesus is the Lamb of God. He was the Lamb that was to be slain before the foundation of the world. And man, it's incredible when you really truly begin to think of that and you really begin to see that, that God sent His Son ultimately to die so that we could be forgiven because this King would grow up to be a man. 
This king would live a sinless life. This king would fulfill all the law and the prophecies. This king would teach people how to have a true relationship with God. And this king would ultimately lay down his life on a cross who would give his life once and for all. When we think about the lambs, we think about how that had to occur each and every year on the Day of Atonement. And it would suffice God for a period of time. But when Jesus was nailed to a cross and he literally shed his blood and he died and he breathed his last breath and he cried out, it is finished. He did that once and for all. Truly, this king's not like any other. And I'm thankful and I'm grateful tonight that we can look at scripture and we can we can rejoice the fact that God kept his promise that he would send a deliverer, that he would send a child, he would send a redeemer. And God upheld his end. Therefore, Jesus came and fulfilled everything. And what that means for you and I is that we can have life, that we can have forgiveness, that we can truly know and have a personal relationship with the God of heaven who created this world, who spoke and all this came into existence. This is the God who goes before us. This is the God who makes a way. This baby, this king, again, was born to die so that we could live. And my heart and my prayer tonight is that we would take a few moments to thank God for that, that we would take a few moments never to get over that. I think sometimes, you know, when I was growing up, they would talk about the old story. And it's talking about the gospel. And it's talking about the truths of the Bible. And really, truly, sometimes if we're not careful, the old story can just become an old, old story that we've heard over and over and over again. But I promise you, if you will open your heart and you will be receptive and you would look and anticipate, God, would you move in my life? God, would you reveal what you want me to do in this day and age, in this time? How do you want me to serve in our community? How do you want me to lead our family? How do you want me to live my life day in and day out? And I believe that if we are willing, God will speak and God will move and God will continue to work in a very powerful way. So I just wanna take a moment to thank God and I want to take some time to reflect on what he wants to do in your life. We're about to take communion together. And we're going to talk about that in a moment of what that means and what it represents. But before we do that, Paul was writing to the church of Corinth. And one of the things that he told them was, before you take communion, we should always examine ourselves. That we should take some time to allow God to speak to our hearts. That we would allow the Holy Spirit to work and reveal if we have things in our life that don't honor the Lord, then just take a moment and just repent and just say, Lord, just right where you are, forgive me. Lord, help me to be what you want me to be. Lord, use me. And I believe that if we're honest, myself included, we all have moments, we all have things, right? Sometimes we like to think that, listen, I don't have a sin problem, I've got issues, but here's the truth of the matter. Every one of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us need adjustment. Every one of us need encouragement. Every one of us need the power and the hand of God on our life. So I just want you to sit right where you are and just take a moment and examine your heart. Maybe God's put somebody on your heart to pray for today. Whatever that is, whatever that looks like, just spend some time with the Lord in prayer. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to gather tonight. Thank you for the wonderful people that we get to do life with, that we get to be a part of this church with. And God, I just pray tonight, Lord, that we would just hear from you, that this wouldn't just be something that we're going through the motions, but God, that you would just continue to move as only you can in our hearts and life. There may be some here tonight, Lord, that don't have a relationship with you. They may know about you, but they've never surrendered their life to you. And God, I pray that you give them strength. I pray that you give them the courage to take a next step, to humble themselves before you, to call on your name tonight, repent of their sin, and ask you to be the Lord of their life, ask you to forgive them of their sin. God, I pray that you would just save them. God, for some of us tonight, Lord, we, we know you, but sometimes we wander. And I'm thankful, Lord, that you're the good shepherd I'm thankful, God, that you never leave us, that you never forsake us. I'm thankful, God, that even when we think that we know the way at moments and times and we veer off to the right or to the left, Lord, that your staff continues to lead, Lord, and your rod corrects and brings us back to where we need to be. And so, God, I'm so grateful for that tonight. And Lord, as we get ready to take communion, would you just remind us of how wonderful that you are? Lord, would you just would we just be in awe tonight? Number one, that you would become flesh, but eventually go to the cross and lay down your life, shed your blood, your body bruised so that we could be free, so that we could be forgiven. God, I pray that we just be overwhelmed and in awe. I pray that we would be like Mary. Lord, as she sat there on that night and she pondered those things and thought about them often. God, I pray that the gospel truth would be upon our hearts and on our lives, that we would be aware, that we would um, be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do day in and day out of our lives, and that we would follow the leadership as you guide and direct. So God, have your way right now in our hearts and our lives. I pray for every family. I pray for those that are hurting. I pray for those that are missing loved ones. I pray for those, God, who, who feel empty and feel lonely today. God, may you remind them that this child that was born was for us all. And he's able and he's willing. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we get ready to take communion tonight, Jesus took the disciples to the upper room and they were going to celebrate the Passover meal. Now, if you don't know what the Passover meal was about, go and read the book of Exodus. Because the people of Israel had been in slavery, they had been in captivity. God had told Pharaoh, who was the king of Egypt, that, hey, listen, I want you to let my people go. He had shared that through Moses. And he gave him many opportunities to let the people go, but he refused to do it over and over again. And finally, God sent plagues. And on the very last plague was the death angel. And what the death angel was going to do was come to every home and it would take the firstborn. But God told Moses to tell the people, again, take a lamb and you're gonna slay it and you're gonna take that blood and you're gonna put it on the doorpost so that when the death angel comes to see the blood and when he sees the blood, he will pass over. And so the Jews celebrated this moment where God delivered the people, where the God kept the people of Israel 
And so this is what Jesus was going to celebrate with his disciples. And what's significant about that, as we've already talked about, is that Jesus was the Lamb of God. And he knew that he was about to go to the cross. He knew that he was going to suffer. He knew that he was going to give his life. And so now he's establishing a new covenant. And it's a great covenant. It's wonderful for you and I. Because through it, we can have redemption. Through it, we can have true life and knowing and walking with the Lord. And so as Jesus takes his disciples together, he tells them and talks to them in Matthew chapter 26. And it says that he took the cup that night and that he took the bread. And in verse 26, it says, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. And then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat it for this is my body. So take the bread, the wafer on top and let's eat it. Now the scripture goes on to say in verse 27, as Jesus is there in the upper room with the disciples, is that he said that he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And he gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it. For this, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. And it says that they drink it. So let's drink it at this time. Now, I love what Jesus says in Mark, I mean, in Matthew verse 29. He goes on to say this after they had had the bread and they took of the cup. And he said, Mark my words, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. There's coming a day again that we look to, that we look forward to where that the King will return and that we will be with him. But as we take of that tonight, I pray that we be reminded of the great sacrifice that God has given us. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to think about each and every day, not just at this time of year or any other time, special occasion, but every day is a day to thank the Lord and rejoice and be glad in it. Now, one of the things that God's called us to do as believers, as a church family, the scripture says in Matthew chapter five, that because we have a relationship with Jesus and the scripture refers to Jesus as the light of the world. And therefore his light lives and dwells within us. And we're to shine like a city on a hill. We're to allow our lights to shine before all men, before all women, before all ages and lift up the name of Jesus in everything that we do. The scripture says that no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. At this time, I'm going to ask uh, Adam and Patrick, would you guys mind just to go grab some lighters and help everybody light those candles? As we do this, it's a, it's a great time to remember some things. 
It's a great time to remember scripture like John chapter one, verse five. It says that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. This is why Paul says in Philippians chapter two, verse 15, he says, therefore, that we should commit and pray, in other words. He says, do this so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Every day we get an opportunity to shine. Every moment that you're with your family, you get an opportunity to shine. When you're at the workplace, you get an opportunity to shine. When you're at school, you get an opportunity to shine. When you're on the ball fields, you get an opportunity to shine. We get to lift up the name of Jesus everywhere that we go. What a wonderful privilege it is to carry his name. And the gospel has called to us to live out this so that nobody can criticize you, so that we can be like bright lights in a world. Man, what a wonderful opportunity that we have. And so I just want you to stand right now. We're going to sing, Oh, Holy Night. And I pray that you would ponder all these wonderful blessings that God has given us. We have so much to be grateful for. We have so much to be thankful for. And so let's continue to allow our lights to shine.